And so I want to empower youth who who maybe didn't grow up uh, like I did, you know, in a, in, a, in a two parent home. Maybe they did, but they just got into a rough situation to to go out and be open about their story and be confident and be successful. Because I, I've been homeless sleeping in vans, too. It sucks. It's hard. Sleeping on people's floors is not comfortable. And I've been shit on and people told me I was a piece of shit. And I ended up here doing this stuff anyway. So there's always hope for people. And so I think that's a mission of mine now. And I've actually, this is the first time I've actually ever even said that. But since you bring it up, I think that's something that we're going to embrace as a company. What is up, everyone? Dave Brown here. Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today's episode is brought to you by Lyft Chocolates. Uh, Lyft Chocolate is a veteran-owned company. Brandon Bush, uh, the, co- the founder, is the veteran. He's also the chocolatier. He's known as the candy man, and he makes some of the best chocolates around, some of the best chocolates you'll ever have. And just don't take it from me. I mean, I'm a big chocolate fan, and I absolutely think these are some of the best chocolates that I've ever eaten. So order your chocolate today. If you're a chocolate fan, you're going to have to try these out. Trust me, you're going to be blown Away. Brandon Bush is a big supporter of everything that we do here at American Snippets, and we want to support a veteran-owned company, and we encourage you to do the same. So go to liftchocolates.com, order your chocolate today. So let's get into this week's episode with Pat Hilton. Pat Hilton went all in on his dream and persevered through years of struggle to build it. Today, Pat is stepping onto national stages with some of this country's top entrepreneurs to share his entertaining talent and the business lessons he's learned while building his company, Acoustic Force Media, from the ground up. In this episode, Pat shares his story of walking away from a very successful career surrounded by celebrities to being homeless in the pursuit of his dream. And he talks about lessons learned along the way and offers advice for anyone uh, who's looking to actually pursue their own dreams. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with today's guest, Pat Hilton. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another amazing episode of American Snippets. We are so very excited to be sitting down today with Pat Hilton. This is going to be a banging fun interview. We are going to go places wherever the wind blows us. We are going to go. I love that kind of a free spirit style. One of my favorite kinds. Pat, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about it. Yeah, this will be great. Let's talk a little bit first. Let's let's definitely get to some business first. Let's talk about what you're doing now in terms of, let's go first with Acoustic Force Media. Okay, cool. So Acoustic Force Media is a social media management company. So what we do is we automate social media profiles for entrepreneurs and businesses by utilizing um, video and graphics to make content that relates to them generating more revenue, whether you're restaurant or landscaping business, or some of our clients are CBD oil companies or Amazon automation companies. Um, And a lot of people are just plain personal brands, entrepreneurs that don't want to necessarily take all the time that it takes to record podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And so we do the recording and cut it all up into snippets, American snippets for them and get that out to their pages. And so it's it's a touch-free concept for business owners and entrepreneurs to get social media content out on their pages because it's time consuming. 
it's time consuming and I, I hate it. I, it sucks. I, I hate doing that. Um, but you know, you gotta do it. So it's part goes. of the but game. It is, it and is so <laughs> as somebody who I enjoy being online all the time and posting stuff and all of that kind of stuff that became a strength of mine. And um, I was talking about this with a lot of different entrepreneurs about how can I take this, this acoustic force, which was like my nickname as a guitar player. Cause I just yeah. beat the guitar essentially and um, turn this into like a real scalable company rather than Pat always having to show up and play bar gigs, which is what I did for like 20 years. And it was really creating solutions based on that expertise and the marketing skill. Cause it was the marketing that got me those gigs. It was the personality that got me those gigs. And I think we overlooked our skill sets sometimes as entrepreneurs, because what's a habit or something that we've done forever, we don't necessarily put that in like our bucket lists of strengths. But when somebody identifies that for you and says, Hey, you could turn this into a solution for people. You really start to kind of get outside of yourself and look at, well, what are my core skills and how can I remix what I'm selling to create more offers and some more revenue recurring revenue. And so that's how we built, the whole business was taking all those marketing concepts that I use for myself to get booked at all these wild conferences and all these tours and MTV and stuff and turn it into solutions for other people and make them the rock star. So, yeah, that's awesome. A lot, yeah, a lot of people get stuck in that uh, sort of functional fixedness where I don't know, say someone is, is a teacher and gets laid off, right. Then they're going to, they're going to head out into the job force and say, well, all I know how to do is teach. I don't have any other skills that I can apply to something, but if you break down the art and science and technique and skill set in teaching, you find so many other things, but it can be really hard to do that when you're sort of panicking or in the moment or just overwhelmed. And that's definitely and true. Yeah. And we were talking about, um, you know, my wife is a teacher and she was a teacher for the whole time. I was making all these sacrifices, playing acoustic gig after acoustic gig and showing up at conferences and playing for free and doing whatever I needed to do to get around business people that could help me turn this like marketing and entertainment skill into a real, like I said, scalable business. And um, even her moving out of education and working with our kids, we have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and she's always been home with our kids since Ella was, you know, six months old. She's now three and we have another one-year-old Annabelle, but she's always been home with the kids. And what I've noticed is like organization techniques and like activities. And she calls them like sensory activities or whatever, where like the kids like play with certain stuff and it activates certain senses. She doesn't necessarily look at that and think um, it's just to her like early education. But to me, like I don't know anything about that kind of shit. I have no patience with with our kids. I'm getting better about it. But she's got a completely different skill set than I do. And when you say that, it's interesting because I'll bet you she could create courses or something when the kids get older and she's got right. more time because they're a handful um, to create organization and, you know, a community of accountability in this for moms or, or whatever else she could do with those skills inside of all those like big things that she doesn't even look at. I see all these little skills that she doesn't even notice maybe it's, she, it's just habits for her. And so I think that's for a lot of people. There's people I know that work out all the time that are in great shape. And they never even thought to like break down what they do to get those results and sell that. 
And so I'm bringing that up because I had that problem too. Well, how did you get all these gigs? How did you do all this social media stuff? How did you get Grant Cardone's attention and get on GrowthCon? I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I made stuff like I made a video. Like, yeah. well, why don't you sell that? I don't know. I never thought about it. I just did it. Yeah. So like, I, like you said, I, we get so lost in doing that we don't get time sometimes to step back and analyze what are we doing and how can we turn that into like a menu? Yeah, the, a menu is a really good word for it. So I, I was digging into your story and I've heard you talk and I've been in Clubhouse with you. And I know that you spent a lot of years just doing what you're doing because you believed in it and because you loved it. I mean, 20 something years of singing these gigs and hustling to get them. And you got some really great gigs along yeah. the way. And you also had to work a lot of free gigs. So I don't know, was it like an up and down kind of thing? Like one minute, you, oh, I landed this great gig. Were you able to capitalize on that momentum? Was it like you started you started here, started here, then got one great gig, then it just kept going up? Or was it you start, you get a great one, you go down, you get a great one? Was it more like up and down? So, um, I mean, it's kind of up and down. I don't know that anything really like went shoo through the roof. Uh, I think that there were some hot moments and I think that those hot moments and those highlights are great, but I think that I always had a gig and I think that that was my strength. So, like I said, um, you know, when we were 15 years old, we, we, I always have to like start from the beginning. Cause it's like starting like the middle. I like, can't explain it. So when we were 15 years old, we started a band in high school and we were called magical disappearing act. And that was like our name. And so we played all these shows all over Missouri and Iowa and all these kinds of places. Right. And then I went to college and I started doing the acoustic thing on like weeknights and weekends. What were you going to college for? Were you going to college for music or some sort of business path? So I went to the conservatory of recording arts and sciences in Arizona, um, to, learn audio production so you so always that I could, knew it was somewhere in that so area. i could work yeah. a job that was my deal with my dad and this right. is where it gets it gets good and bad here so i'm like hey, if i go to this school and you pay for it i will get a corporate job i already have my eyes set on this company in las vegas that does live sound and i'll be able to do my live sound thing that i've been doing since i was 15 at all these bars and stuff uh for a corporate company and so he was sold my dad is an old school, like accountant kind of type, but he, he's a number cruncher. And so he's like, okay, well, that sounds like, you know, it's logical because in his brain, that was like a trade school. So it's right. not real college. Okay. This isn't real college. Right. You need a real job. And so that kind of hurts your feelings. Cause you're like, okay, whatever. But <laughs> he backed me up on it. My parents both backed me up on it. And I went and I graduated and I got the corporate job at PRG audio. And that was probably, uh, like 2004 or something like that. So I graduated high school in 01 and went down to Arizona in like Oh two or whatever graduated and was working a job by 2004. So he's like, okay, cool. Pat's Pat's good. Well, you know, after a couple of years of touring with like big artists and the Tom Petty's and the Madonna's and all this kind of stuff, I wanted to be Tom Petty. 
All right. That's what happens, and I'm like, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, now that I know how this all works, I can run my own shows and make way more money as a touring artist than I can working for these guys. And so I started asking band members that I knew in these big groups, the Aerosmiths and all these people, questions like that. Well, how did you go from, you know, being a bass player in a cover band playing for Aerosmith or whatever? Like, so I was, oh, well, you do this, 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 and the other thing. Oh, okay, cool. You know, and so I started to yeah. get more and more confident about me doing it. And so I quit that job eventually in like 2007 or something like that. So I worked that job for a couple summers. We did all the biggest tours, like the Elton Johns, the Bostons. The but what a great era. way to use to use the job that you're doing right. to get free mentorship and learn from the best and study from the best and exactly. see that and grow. I mean, that is an imagine if you had to pay imagine if you had to pay those people for five minutes of their time, 10, 15 minutes of their time. Hey, can I come watch you rehearse? Hey, can I just ask you a few, you know, that famous pick your brain kind of thing? Can oh, yeah. I ask you a few like imagine if you had had to pay all of those people and get on? That was a genius way to Priceless. make the best of it, to support yourself and learn a trade and find that mentorship. I love that. Carry on. Yeah. No. So it was, <laughs> it was great. And yeah. I think that what I learned, especially from those people, cause they're brutally honest. I mean, we would, and let's just yeah, be yeah. real. I mean, we were smoking joints and all this kind of stuff, which was totally against company policy, but I didn't really care in my head. I was doing just what you explained. I was getting the information I needed to right. leave that job and be yeah. Pat, the entertainer. Now, yeah. I got all the information and I met all those people and then I quit that job and I moved home and here's where it gets a little greasy. So I get home and I ask my dad, I knock on the door, like literally knock on the door. Like I never told my dad, I like quit the job <laughs> and I'm like, Hey dad, what's up? And he's like, what are you hi, doing here? <laughs> what, what are you doing here? And then like my mom waddles up behind him and she's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, so I quit my job in Vegas and I moved home to start my own, you know, entertainment company and to be an entertainer full time. What do you guys think? And my dad looks at her and he goes, you ain't doing that here. And I'm like, <laughs> and now granted, I went yeah. to like private high school, went to like the best down school you can possibly go to. I was a pretty spoiled kid. My dad grew up with nothing. My mom had to buy him his underwear for his first accounting interview because he had no money. And so they come from humble beginnings, but he really broke onto the scene and, and does extremely well for himself, but he had to bust his ass. And so he was not happy about this. He's like, dude, this is, this is spoiled brat shit right here. Okay. You're going to think you're going to come home and I'm going to bankroll your ass and, and buy you the computers and the guitars and the stuff you need. That ain't happening. You but is that go, what you had gone home looking for? Is that what you had in mind? Totally. We, totally. Oh, okay. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and how so old were you then? Were you like early 20s then? Yeah, I'm like 25 okay. at this point. So right, I, so I graduated. 25, you roll yeah. up and think that I'm going to just move home with mom and dad for a little bit. They're going to support me while I yeah. build this out. All right. All right. I got yeah, you. Yeah, because I in, you in the past, it was like <laughs> I pretty much got everything, right? right? Okay. Which was Which was good. To, they're very generous and that was very nice, but this time it wasn't cutting it because I had no. broke my deal. Yeah, you Our did. deal was you go to the college and you get the corporate job. Something goes wrong. I back you up. You quit. So you figure it out on your own this time. Okay. Tough guy. Rock Fair star. Enough. 
You know, he's kind of kind of giving oh, me the whole thing. Yeah. You figure oh. it out, Rockstar. He was yeah. pissed. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck, dude. Is this guy serious? He's serious. So you go figure it out. So I called my friend Brad, who's, who's still on my Facebook and stuff. Brad Griffin's his name. I'm like, hey, dude, listen. I'm going to come sleep on your couch tonight and we're going to talk about launching uh, a band and 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 building a uh, and doing entertainment. What do you think? He's like, where are you? I'm like, dude, I'm literally I'm like, at your at, house. I'm at my parents <laughs> yeah. house. I'm, I'm leaving their house now. I didn't yeah. even have a cell phone. So I had to call right. from their house number okay. to to his number. He's like, I normally don't even answer these kinds of random calls. I'm like, Brad. You know, my mom and dad's number. Come on, you're going to play yeah, yeah. bass and we're going to make this thing happen. So moral of the story is I slept on his couch that night, learned every single in and out of his MacBook because I had already trained on that technology. That's how I got the Tom Petty gig. I was the best computer engineer that they ever had. Okay. That's how I got the production manager gigs, because the, the, those people just loved having me around because they just had more fun playing when I was running the stage computer systems. So I would like direct everybody to play. Okay. And I was just like a total goofball. People loved it. And so I'm like, listen, we're going to figure this thing out tonight. He's like, all right, you got about two or three hours to close me on this thing. So it better be good. And so we and came what was up with he this- doing with his life at this point? Was, what was he was he so working? Brad, was he married? Did he have a family? Like, was he living alone? So Brad was living alone. Okay. And um, he's your typical bachelor who what he would do is he would set up Christmas light displays from like October to December. And he would make like $40,000 doing that. And then the rest of the year, he would just like hang out and play his guitars and stuff like that. <laughs> You're going to okay. love where it goes. So there was an opening in Brad's life. He Way had open. an opening. He had an opening. It wasn't like God you were asking works. him to quit his own corporate job. and God leave works his in mysterious okay. ways. So Brad has an opening. You're 25. You show up. You have a dream and vision. Brad has yeah. time. You guys are friend. That's, that sounds like a perfect plan. It was great. And so yeah. we wrote a whole album. We recorded the album within three months and we started playing as a group. We got a drummer and another guitar player. He played bass. And so what happened was we had a demo and we were touring within like three to six months. We earned enough money for me to get a van. I lived in the van and we toured all over the country and took the act from St. Louis all the way to Whiskey, a go-go in Hollywood over the course right. of two or three years. And we're shopping to record labels. And then you'll love this because Brad, wasn't really passionate about the band. He quit and joined the army. Yeah, I have heard you. I have heard you tell the story on. So Brad on quit, topics. joins yeah. the army, and Brad's like one of my best friends. So I'm like, okay, well, he's like the original founding member of the band. We wrote all the songs together. So it's like, I feel like I kind of need to go do my own thing. I wasn't making any money with this project. I was living in the freaking van. And when Brad told me he was going to quit, you know, it was like right after we had gotten done with the big tour. And I'm like, all right, you got one or two decisions to make. You can either go solo and use all all these contacts to show up with an acoustic guitar and get paid, or you can keep slaving away at this thing and maybe potentially become a rock star. So I picked up a an acoustic guitar for a couple hundred bucks at the used guitar shop and showed up at a gig that was booked for the band by myself with the sound rig and played that gig. And I think I made like 200 and something dollars that night. Now, granted, I'm like 27 years old at this point. To me, that was like a million dollars. And, and it's, like, proof of, it's proof of concept, shit. too. It's yeah. proof like, that you can do this. Yeah. Holy shit. I just made two hundred and thirty dollars in cash. 
this is incredible. And then I shut up at the next one, the next night, make a couple hundred bucks. Show up the next. Now I got like a thousand dollars in a little bucket. And I'm like, okay, this is working. And so I started playing six, seven shows a week in St. Louis all over town. I started like booking them to where it would be even longer hours so I could make more money. So I'd like play from like five to seven with the guitar. And then from like eight to midnight, I would plug in my DJ rig to the same system and like DJ and like play everybody's favorite songs. And I had this app back then. It was revolutionary because no one knew about it called Spotify and Spotify had every single song on the planet. So I'd like make announcements and be like, Hey, if you want to hear your favorite song, come up and let me know what it is. I'll play whatever you guys want. So I would build playlists based on what people in the bar actually wanted to hear. And they all wanted me to come back. Cause I just played what they wanted. Yeah. And this was like the biggest lesson for me as a creator. Why was I broke the first two years? Because all we wanted to play was what our band wrote. But once I shifted and started just giving the audience what they wanted, I started getting paid. When I showed up with the acoustic guitar to fill two or three hours, I had to play like Incubus and Petty and like Steve Miller and like Brown. I can probably sing Brown Eyed Girl with a guitar with my eyes closed at this point. But that's what the audience wanted. And so I think that that was the big shift for me. Okay, well, if I just give people what they want, Instead of trying to be Pat the rock star, then everyone in the audience is happy and I get paid. Yes. And I don't have to be so broke anymore. So that was how I started to kind of like survive on this. Then I met my girlfriend, Megan, who's my wife now. But like then I finally had an apartment. She had credit and a real job. So we uh, moved into an apartment together and I was traveling all over the country doing all these tours. And I got home one day and was like, all right, I'm moving to San Diego. You're going to move into your parents' house. And in like three to six months, I'll have full-time gigs there. Just like I have here, we can get engaged, get married, have kids. I'll be a rock star. We'll be all good. And she's Happily like- Happily ever after. And she's like, okay. And I'm like- Shit. You're good, you're good <laughs> with that? She's like, yeah. I mean, as long as you're not out there forever, I could probably transfer my job. I mean, this woman is from freaking heaven, I'm telling yeah. you. And so I did that. 2013, I mean, however many years later now, 10 almost, uh, almost six, seven years later, moved out to San Diego, started sleeping on people's floors again, and had six or seven gigs a night by four months in. And she moved out, transferred her preschool job to the company. They had a site out in Del Mar and we uh, got engaged and we were living in a little one bedroom apartment. And then, you know, things were going pretty good. And then, you know, she's pregnant. And then the the situation comes up again. All right. Well, if I really want to make it, I got to I got to I got to think of something here. I got to get around some different people. Yeah. And so, so hang on. That's gonna... when that's when the hammer really dropped here. And we turned this thing into acoustic force media. I needed something big. And I turn on my my Instagram and I'm like, I don't know, man. Let's let's see what Grant Cardone's doing. Yeah, I'm going to stop minutes. you before you get into this one. I'm going to stop you for one sec because not that I have not that it's not a cool story. I have It is. I have I have heard it before. It is very impressive and very cool that you had the balls really to do this. I just don't want to run out of time before we get into other stuff. So yeah, well, moral of the story, he wanted somebody to make him a song or content to get his Instagram verified. I made a song, I made content. And then I asked him if I could play at his conference, but I wasn't getting through. So I eventually 
broke through security barriers at an event that him and his wife were at with my pregnant wife right. and closed Which in, in person on playing his event in front of 10,000 people. And I think that that was the big move after all those years that changed the trajectory of me being a music, music performer in the corner of bars yeah. to being acoustic force media. So acoustic there's the short. Do you, do you realize that every time you say that you get like a little like extra like acoustic for like you still so clearly <laughs> love it. That's how you can tell when someone is really into it. Like you just you, you just naturally just but acoustic force. That's, that's the, that's the slow version of the story. I mean, yeah. you have to be willing to literally freaking die for this stuff because you somebody else is. It. Yeah, that's exactly it. Exactly it. Um, I did. And I've been at 10x. And I was second runner up to speak on their at their 10x stages, but you'll get some, there. Somebody beat me. But it doesn't matter because I still learned my lessons. I still learned all those things. So the point is I know what a big venue that is. I right. know what a what a competitive venue that is. And I know the the chops it took to do that. I love that your wife just loaded up and locked and loaded and went in with you. That's how me and Dave roll. And that is the difference between not only a person who thrives, but a couple that thrives. Like you guys, totally. will, you're going you're to just lock and, and load. And that and might just be your it. friend. Again, that might be a Brad. That might be a, yeah. a, a Steve or for you. Right. It might be a Rachel or you just, it might be just a five minute phone call yep. with a friend. That's like, calm down because you have to do this anyway. Yeah. Those people are in your life. You just got to identify who they are. You do. And how do you add, you don't just go up to someone like, like I saw you and I know you just spent the past week with Bradley and I watched the interview you did with him, but who, whether it's Bradley or whether it's somebody else that is where you want to be or has done stuff you want to go, the musicians and people that you, you learn from, you don't just go up to them and say, Hey, I need your help. I'm going to, I need to take, 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 take information from you, value from you. I need to take, 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 take from you. Right. Cause that doesn't, work. Nobody's really going to want to invest in themselves. So how are you approaching people? How do you find, say you went up to somebody that you have nothing in common with in an industry, you have nothing in common with, but you know that they know someone or you want to be at a venue. How do you find a way to add value to somebody that you don't on the surface at first blush have that thing? So how do you approach that to really connect with somebody on a deeper level? Because nobody wants to feel used. Nobody wants to feel like they're just being attacked and a user or, and you don't want to swamp people. Um, yeah. Uh, so for me, I just make people funny songs. Yeah. Like it worked with Gary Vaynerchuk. It worked with Grant Cardone. Um, Brad launched, um, clubhouse rooms the other day and, and was doing clubhouse rooms. I sent him a little reset for his room. I texted it to him and stuff like that. I I've never asked Brad for money. I've never asked, uh, anyone like Cardone for jet pictures or any, uh, any of that stuff. I, I provide some kind of value based on what my expertise is. It's different for everybody. For me, I'm an entertainer and a musician. Right. So, you know, I made him a song ad. I did the same thing with Sean Whalen. I made him a lion's not sheep song like six years ago. And I ended up on his tour with Dan Fleischman a couple of years ago in LA. So I would say use whatever you're great at to yeah. make something personal for that person and send it to them. My friend Sonia Hatter made some funny Zoa energy drink advertisement on her Instagram the other day. She's on the rocks Instagram today. It's the rocks energy drink. 
Oh, that's fun. Because she wants to get The Rock to speak at her Thrive event, the same event that I broke into, by the way. But like I said, Sonia and Cole and I are all friends now. It's all gravy. But (laughs) what are you willing to do? That's how some of the best relationships are built, right? You got to go all in. How are you going to like blow past the security or how are you going to get to The Rock? How are you going to get to Cardone? You have to give something. What are you giving them? You want something in return. You have to be willing to give something and you might not get a response. That's the secret. That's the key, right? So I have my own response and my own version and things like I try to tell people, explain people about when and where and how and when to gauge and all this. But I'd like to hear I'd like to hear your view on that. If you were at um, event and Grant Cardone walked in and 50 people swarmed him, what would you say to them? You I would say that. I would say sometimes the best offense is defense. So like, you know, uh, I'm a big boxing fan. I grew up watching ESPN classic with my dad and uh, I never really liked Floyd Mayweather's boxing style until I got older, because what he does is he uses your offense against you. He he draws you in and deflects and then counter punches really fast, Mm -hmm. almost to the point where you think he just danced around the whole fight when in reality, he completely obliterated the opponent on points. So I would say like when I was backstage at the 10 X event, getting ready to play, right. I didn't bother Grant or Elena. I didn't even say anything to them Yes, because I know from being backstage with like Tom or like um, what's his name, Steven Tyler or any of those people, you just leave people alone when it's showtime. Yes. You know, that, that kind of stuff, those people are trying to think and while they're cool and they're going to take their time for you, it's rude. They don't (laughs) remember, you don't, they don't remember those people. Right. Now, I came off like a little bit of a psycho fanboy to close that deal, but I was honest about what I was doing and why I was doing it. I was deliberate. And then I took a picture with them and I literally left the building. Yes. I didn't say another word to him. I didn't bother him the rest of the night. And so I don't know. I would say, Leo, like I don't have any pictures with Tom Petty. I don't have any pictures with Steve Miller. I don't have any pictures with Aerosmith or the Rolling Stones or anybody. So anybody could, based on, the fact that you could look up what the client list at PRG Audio's website is, you could be like, oh, that guy's right. full of hot air. He doesn't have any pictures. That was against company policy in 2005, 2006. Yeah. You can't just take pictures with artists backstage. Plus, I don't even think that these existed. I think I'd have to have like some kind of Polaroid, like, Polaroid. like throwaway <laughs> Walgreens uh, yeah. a camera in a box to yeah. do that. It was completely rude. And unheard of to to run up on somebody and take a picture. And so I would say to keep that in mind, if you were that person and 30 people ran up to you to, to, to pick your brain or ask you all these questions, do you think that you look like, like a follower or do you look like a leader? That is, I love that. I've never got to get into this with anyone before. And I could tell you the relationships I have, some of the best relationships I have with some of the most successful people, there's not a single picture of us in existence as well. Like I've never, I'm trying to think like, I don't, I, I'd never, I, I just don't right, do it. Like, like, right, like, like we so, were smoking that cigar at Brad's yeah. office and I like snapped one real quick. That was the only picture. Like, but that, I took you know, there's him. time and play. Anyway, the point right. is you made, and I think it's really important uh, to remember that, that just if you're going to go up and approach someone, like how would you want to be approached if somebody's going to come up and ask you? And I'll, I'll ask you that actually, Pat, if someone has advice that they would like from you, because you have achieved things that a lot of people want to achieve. And it's clear 
that your hustle and your drive and your grit is not going anywhere anytime soon. So you're just going to keep going up because there you are somebody who has no other destination in mind. <laughs> yeah, so, there's no other so, option for me. Yeah, and so I people that- are going to want to know what you know, Pat. They're going to want to know. They're going to see you out there and be like, oh my gosh, I need to hit this guy up for some information. What's the best way for somebody if they see you and want to know something? Um, well, you. you know, again, like I've been around a lot of these, I call them hot shots just because in my eyes, they are icons. And so, uh, you know, when, when Madonna was walking down the hallway, I didn't say anything to her until it was five minutes to show time. And then guess what I'd do? I'd show up at seven minutes, seven minutes before showtime, be like, Hey, we got seven minutes till, till we're ready to go. If there's anything I can do for you guys in the next two minutes, let me know. And I'll be back in two minutes to give you your five minute thing. I'm Pat. I'll be your production manager tonight. If there's anything you need right now, let me know so I can handle it. Other than that, I'm gonna come back in a couple minutes, get you guys on your five minute call and then we're done. So, I mean, I don't know, make it quick. Yeah. Like with the Cardone thing. I mean, that whole story happened in the, in a snap of a finger. I had closed the deal, taken a picture, had my wife and we were out of that building. In and out before anybody can stop you or know what happens. Hey, Pat, (laughs) Pat, here's my question. Yeah. How do I take my creativity and my art skills and scale it into a six figure business like you did? Are you coaching people on that? Do you no, but my, my idea would be clients? someone yeah. asked me this. He's an artist. And I said, hey, here's what you can do. What What do you generally paint right now? And he's like, oh, I do these murals and they're like big and they're like, I'm like, switch it up. You need something that you can actually send to people. Start doing canvas. And he messaged me back like three months later. And he's like, dude, I'm mailing these canvas to everybody, dude. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand bucks. But he had a specific question. How do I take my art and repurpose it so that I can sell it online? Like I heard you talking about transferring your song thing into online packages and sell that to people. I'm like, you have to have, if you're an artist, you have to be able to send them a physical piece of art to hang on their wall. What, what, I don't know what, what is that called? What about those oil pastel things? It's like, (laughs) like a canvas. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Send those to people. 5,000 bucks a pop. Great advice. Great advice. That's what he's doing. Pat, how have you pivoted? How have you pivoted your business to adapt to the political climate, if that's impacted you at all, or yeah, just has. or just effect the the fallout of COVID? So for how- me, I had already started making the transition to digital because I just knew that online was where I needed to be if I really wanted to scale. So I was already in that process. So when COVID hit like I accelerated and I started selling more social media packages and more people wanted podcasts and theme songs and advertisements and social media, whatever. So that played into my strike zone. Um, And with the political climate thing, I mean, it's delicate uh, because people either really hate Trump or they really like Trump. Yeah. <laughs> like no one likes Joe Biden. Right, okay. Right. 
the guy is 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 a fucking imbecile and we all know that and that's okay and he's a terrible speaker and he stumbles all over the place but we all know that he's just a placeholder for kamala and that's fine as long as we're willing to just acknowledge that and so i have two options as an entertainer and for a while i did this comedy thing called spaced out news where i would just like make fun of all this political stuff but i realized after a while that it just pissed me off yeah. Like it just pissed me off. Like the people that like what I like, liked it, but like everybody else was, it just made them mad. And for my branding, I, I want to promote positivity and stuff like that. So it's like, I just stopped doing it because I have to siphon through all these articles, this negative shit to find something that's funny. And, and it got to a point where it's like, I just didn't even want my brain going there anymore. And on top of it, you can't be conservative anymore because you just get banned. Right. So supporting Donald Trump or something like that, which I wouldn't call myself like a like a flag beating Trump supporter. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a Democrat and I don't vote Democrat and I'm not a Democrat. So the only other option is is the other option. And so I think that people are now looking at this whole conservative Republican thing as as this negative thing because that's what's being broadcasted in the news media so again it's like i can either argue with people or i can just live my life one or the other because this shit gets sorted out at the end by a higher power than than i have uh capable of delivering as a human being and so we've 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 talked and touched on the fact that god comes and shows up when when we need god to show up and again i have friends from all over the spectrum i've lived in california I live in Texas now. I lived in Vegas. I've uh, toured uh, and, and taught in Nashville and all these different places. But the political climate has become this left versus right collision course where people freaking hate each other instead of actually talking about real policies. And I think it's a problem. And I think that the news media magnifies um magnifies what they want the result to be, which in this case was Joe Biden and the left and the radical left. And so that's what we're stuck with now is the radical left. I think people are in denial that that's what we have, but that's the truth of the matter. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're always going to promote Trump as the big bad guy and that's fine. I mean, he was an offensive egomaniac to a certain degree. So I, I get it both ways, but like when one side can't even say anything without being banned, right. That's not freedom of speech. That's yeah. not what this country was founded on. So whether you like what I say or not right now doesn't really matter because I have the freedom to say it. Yeah, well, you sort of have the freedom. You have the freedom if you want the consequences, right? So we've had right. friends. We've had friends whose businesses and websites have been shut down, like friends mm. who are actually they're veterans. Some of them are engaged in rescuing child trafficking victims and their websites are being shut down because there's a real problem. Out. We've been it's shadowed. We've been suppressed. We've been all this. And we have difficulty sometimes getting guests to come on our platform because we are patriotic. Even before we started, before we started speaking up for our views we have, which happen to be views that agree with the conservatives, because basically we disagree with everything. The Democrats, I can't help it. I, I, I've always like, said that. Yeah. And I have a right to disagree doing, with it. I it's, hate everything they're doing. Right. They I, suck. Yeah, like I just I want to like them. I keep saying it's like hummus. I want to like hummus. I keep trying it, but I hate <laughs> it. It disgusts me. I want to throw up when I try it. Right. I, I can feel I that one too. I try to like them. I try to, but every time I hear them or see a policy they're doing it makes me like sicker and sicker. And so 
when I speak on the policies, I get attacked. And so we we had to come to that decision, which is what I was curious about you, if you had to come to that decision, which yeah, you I answered. Did. Um, so I did. And so continued. I used to make like skits, making fun yeah. of this and making fun of that. And I just don't anymore because it's not worth risking my social media business being right. locked up because I make fun of the president, which, by the way, for the last four and a half years, all people did was rip on Donald Trump, right. rip on Donald Trump, say the election was rigged, say he's a piece of shit. You got uh, uh, comedians with his head on a stake with blood dripping off. That's fine. But we call Joe Biden a, a dementia ridden brain dead fool. And now, you know, we're getting our stuff fact checked and blocked, which, by the way, the facts of the matter are he is. Yeah. Where do you think that balance lies between you? you know, trying to look out and defend your, protect your own domain and your own business versus where's that balance? Like if so, if everybody goes that way, takes that path, will we all get steamrolled and just leaving like a quarter of the people out there to, and this isn't like a, like a judgment or whatever. Thing. Well, I'm really curious to ask because I've had a lot of people question me why are you doing this? You're just going to mm. get steamrolled. You're just going to get blocked. Why ju- Why are you spending your time? You know they're going to win anyway. Just focus on your thing. And in my mind, I'm like, I get you. I feel you. Yeah. I don't know how many people I've messaged me say, I can't. I could never say that or I'll be shut down. But I've been shut down. I lost friends. I do all that. And so I'm like trying to find that balance myself where I we need to speak up and push back. that's the interesting thing about it. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're going to have to, and it's like I said earlier, sometimes the best offense is right. defense. We're this is what I'm doing. This is my strategy. Yeah. I believe that Joe Biden won the election because they stopped the count and they cheated in the middle of the night to win. Therefore, I know he didn't even win in the first place that he is an installed puppet. Therefore, yes. all I have to do is let himself destruct and everyone will eventually see how bad it really is and that this is what we're stuck with based on the fact that we're not even allowed to question these results or, or, or we get like banned from YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. This interview, allowed, by the way, is going to be banned. <laughs> good. I'm allowed to say that's what I think happened. Yeah. That's what I think happened personally. That's my personal yeah. opinion. Now I could be wrong or you could call me a right wing wacko or whatever you want to call me. I, I don't even necessarily, uh, vote Democrat or Republican. A lot of times I vote third party. But in my personal opinion, that's what I saw. If that would have gone the other way and Trump stopped the election in the middle of the night and then randomly blew Joe Biden out of the water six days later, they would have burned this fucking country to the ground. Yeah. So if we're going to get real and say the real stuff here, that's the reality of the situation. You can go by the way, since I'm a social media expert and look at the organic reach of the most popular president ever, Joe Biden can't get any views on YouTube. You'd think that if this person is so widely popular that got more votes than anyone in presidential history, that they'd have this huge spike in organic reach. He can't get anybody to watch him. No one's watching him. The numbers don't add up. They don't add up. And so the reason why people want to silence an opponent or silence an enemy is because they're afraid of the truth coming out. I agree. I agree. And I was 
Thank you for sharing your views with us. I know that'll probably squash this uh, this episode. That's okay. Down the but you know we're used to it. We're we're kind of like swimming uphill here. That's how we but roll that's here. The but it's important with to this. Us. Why can't yeah. we say what we think? You don't have to agree with me, and I right. welcome you to not agree with me. That's okay. I'm not mad at you for thinking whatever you think. But the problem is, I should be allowed to say that. Right. And it's that's what a lot of people think, by the way, whether they're quiet or not. I I know I get the Cause messages because that's, that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's what I. That's what I believe happened too. But you know, we're the crazy ones. All totally. right. So we don't know what's going to happen here in the next couple of years with the, mm. um, you know, with the midterms coming up a year and a half from now, and then right. the next election cycle is only going to be crazier than this. And it's definitely impacting like the ripple effect is impacting morale. It's impacting business. Taxes are going up. People are losing money. Like people are going to have less money and less mental fortitude than they had now and less freedom. So with that in mind, are you making any preliminary plans to adjust your, your approach to your business? Or are you just going to are you just forging right ahead and waiting to see what's coming before you make any plans? So, um, yeah, we're forging ahead. We're forging ahead. And um, uh, we are expanding. We're growing. We're taking on more and more clients. Um, and I do want to emphasize that there are a lot of people out there, while you might not hear them on social media, that are saying the same thing that I just said. Yeah. They're just not publishing it. Right. So those people are everywhere. And they're not going to be silenced forever just because Twitter uh, silences people or or YouTube pulls down a video that that doesn't stop people from talking. Um, And so this isn't going anywhere. People know uh, what's going on here. And um, these types of tactics have been pulled in other areas of the world before. And we've seen where that's gone again, whether people want to admit it or not, that's fine. I don't consider myself a political science expert or anything, but then again, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure this whole thing out. Now for us, we, we market ourselves and we promote ourselves as an America first company. What does that mean? That means that I employ American workers, despite the fact that video editors are way more expensive yes, in America yes. than they are in the Philippines or yeah. whatever. We employ a young man. His name is Nick Murray. He's my head uh, editor. And Nick dealt with sexual abuse. He's very open about this when he was a young man, about 14, 15 years old, and is a survivor of that. And is very open about the fact that he wants to spread that message of hope to people that you can still follow your dreams and be open about that and make content and help other survivors share their stories. And I think that one of our goals as a company now through Nick is to help people get their message out that have experienced those types of things. And so I've got to focus on what can I do to make this world a better place and empower young adults and, awesome. and young creators to yeah. be badass. And so that that's all I can do. I can't convince people to think the way I think. I can't convince people to analyze a situation the way I analyze it or to think the same way as right. I think. And I definitely don't encourage anyone to be banned based on the way that they think, unless it's racist or it's hate speech. Then right. You clearly don't need to have a voice on a platform. I do agree with that, of course. But uh, I think that's my goal is to, you know, he's the first guy who's ever 
earn my trust with my number one, my passwords to my social media, but also a lot of the content that you see hitting my pages, Mm -hmm. he's posting that. Nick's never had a, a gig as a creator before. I'm the first person that ever hired him. And I'm, I'm training him to be uh, uh, very confident in his skills and demand more from himself. And so I've learned a lot from him because I am a dad, too, Yeah. Uh, about how to kind of nurture a friendship and a business relationship based on, you know, everybody's got their own emotional capacity and stuff like that. And so I want to empower youth. Who, who maybe didn't grow up uh, like I did, you know, in a, in, a, in a two-parent home, maybe they did, but they just got into a rough situation to, to go out and be open about their story and be confident and be successful. Because I, I, I've been homeless sleeping in vans too. It sucks. It's hard. Sleeping on people's floors is not comfortable. And I've been shit on and people told me I was a piece of shit and I ended up here doing this stuff anyway. So there's always hope for people. And so I think that's a mission of mine now. And I've actually, this is the first time I've actually ever even said that. But since you bring it up, I think that's something that we're going to embrace as a company. That's awesome. I just felt like all sorts of energy coming out there. I love that. It was almost like it was taking place in your mind as you were doing that. That's huge. What Mm -hmm. you just said right there is huge because that's going to be more needed, more voices. A lot of the things, I think a lot of the frustration that's being manipulated is because people don't feel heard and Mm. they don't feel validated they don't feel like their voice matters and it's not this life this color it's your voice i think that matters more than anything and so what you just described there is going to be a really powerful pushback against everything that's happening here because if you help people find their power or feel that power in their voice that's going to take away such levels of frustration that are no longer going to be available to be manipulated because they got better things to do. So I love everything that you just said, Mm -hmm. and I am really excited to see you do that. If there's some way Dave and I can be of help to, if you see someone with a story, they need a platform to get it out on, you send them our way, you know, we'll be a part of that too, because that's, that's, awesome stuff that you just said. There. Yeah. And I, and I think that that yeah. goes, that goes behind, beyond this whole right or left thing. I mean, yes, our youth absolutely. and our kids are, are way more important than, than what we agree or disagree with about this freaking election. Yeah. Yeah. It's over hundred percent. It's but over again, with, we're going to yeah. live with this and we're going to move on and we're going to trudge on, but like, what am I going to do in the yeah, meantime? That's great. I need that's to make great. an impact. Yeah. And what you just said there is going to impact individual lives and communities. And literally, you build it big enough that it's going to impact the country. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. And thank you for, for doing that. I'm super excited. Before I let you go, I got to ask this one question, which is why, and to this theme, to this point that we talked about, Dave and I started American Snippets a few years ago when we thought the divisiveness was at an all-time high in this country. Like, little did we know what happened, right? Or what right. was going to happen. But it was our pushback. You know, my husband gave his life in service to this country. We've been through a lot as a family for it. Dave tapped into his patriotism and knew it. And we knew that this country is better than what we're being made to believe and fed to believe. So we wanted to bring stories like yours, like and find moments exactly like just happened right here to help remind us all that we are better than that. And that one of the things that is still alive and well is, in fact, the American dream. But We understand the American dream is not the same for everybody. And in fact, the beauty of it is that it's different for everybody. It's custom made. We all have our own version of it. Yours isn't mine. Mine isn't yours. And that's where the magic is. So I really love to ask our guest, 
for their version. What is your version of that American dream? Um, my version of the American dream. I mean, even when it was hard and I was sleeping in a van, I was still living the American dream. I mean, dude, <laughs> now I'm going to freaking cry on your show. <laughs> but like, dude, people fought and died so that we could have opinions. People fought and fucking died so that we could go fight for what we want to do. And so this idea that like, I'm not allowed to say something or I'm not allowed to have a conversation with Barb or, or, or James or Kevin or whoever else is absurd. These rights were given to us by God, not by the left, not by the right, not by the libertarians or the third parties or any political candidate. This is what we're missing in this country. The American dream was given to us by God. We are missing God right now. And it's it, we I just saw an advertisement the other day for shoes. A rapper's coming out with shoes called uh, Satan shoes. Uh, yeah. And so what we're what we're embarking on here is the destruction of American core values of of men and women being married and having a family. And if they want to go play baseball and watch Roger Clemens strike somebody out, then go for it. And and it, it seems like the American dream, you're living it every day. Your ability to say, I don't disagree with it with that guy, that's the American dream. Your ability to say, oh, I really like what that guy had to say. He's kind of hyper and weird, but I kind of like him. That's the American dream. My ability to sleep on a floor and grind for 10 fucking years to get to a point where I can support my kids and have these cool little $20 lights and have a great time with my friend Barb. That's the American dream to me. It's not making millions of dollars. It's, it's not being famous. It's it's fighting for what you believe in. And I think that when you take people's ability to believe in something or speak something away from them, that's when the American dream dies. And that's what we're up against right now. That's yeah. what we're up against. They're framing it as Trump, Trumpers, Trump supporters, when in reality, it's just anybody that doesn't think like the left. And if that's harsh, then that's too bad, because that is going to kill the, the two sided ability to have a conversation in this country. We're losing the ability to communicate and to voice our opinion. And that is the American dream, the ability to fight for what you believe in, voice your opinion and succeed. The pursuit of happiness, where, wherever that's from, I, I don't know. But that's the American dream. When you take people's ability to successfully voice their opinion and succeed and be happy away from them, you're killing America. And, and we're walking that line right now. It's very sad to see. Yeah, I agree. I love that, man. I, again, this is another interview. I could keep you Sorry, here for hours and talk. But it's just like, don't I don't apologize know that many for that. Thank that, you for sharing that, that have with us. husbands that fought um, and fucking died for our country. So, th so well, I can introduce you, you to plenty, <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm just, I, I, yeah, no, I would like you. that, but I'm just saying, I, I mean, know, when it comes messing. to survivors, you're a survivor too. And so I think that people need to understand that there are, um, there are consequences yeah. for actions and, and there, there, there were consequences for, for the decision that your husband took on the bravery and the courage to go out and fight. Yeah. And so thank you for that. Respect that. 
Thank you for that. And thank you for recognizing that's so, one reason I feel so invested and I emotional attached to way too the well-being of, of our country. You're not <laughs> guitar, a whim. I'm cool with the it guitar, takes... <laughs> man. I'm cool with the guitar. <laughs> no, it takes balls. Or, by the way, when I saw you sing for Brad Lee, I laughed my ass off uh, at that. That was great. That was great. I'm a little sad you didn't come with a snippets rap, but that's all right. Maybe yeah, we'll another get day. one for you. That's all right. But, Look, but yeah, I think that's an important thing. And again, it's yeah. different for everybody. It is. But I think that for all of us out there to understand that this country, I, I have ancestors that fought in the Pacific and, and, and battled. I mean, dude, it's this is real shit, folks. Yeah. Like, do yeah. we want freedom or, or do we want to be controlled? Because right now we're being controlled. Absolutely. It's just plain and simple. Yeah. Absolutely. You, the more are, you uh -huh. give up, the more you give up, the more they're going to take. Yeah. Whether so it's easy. taxes or anything else. And so I think it's very important for us to understand it's OK to not agree with everything someone says, but they have a right to to say it. Yeah. Within uh, reason, of course. Yes. Within reason. I and agree with you. People so thought much. for that. We, we got to get you back to be a part of our op ed shows. We could go on forever on this. But, we could. Uh, Pat, thank you again so much. I'm yeah, really you. excited to see where you're going with this. Before we uh, hop off, tell people where to go to find you if they want to find your services, connect with you, hire you to come be a part of their events. Yeah. All yeah, just day. head over to uh, pathilton.com. You can find the uh, Acoustic Force Media Services. You can find our uh, our podcast stuff and uh, all my pages and everything are on pathilton.com. Awesome. Super simple. So. Yeah, and again, thank I, I thank everybody who tunes into this show and I hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope you know that I, I want you to succeed just just as bad as anything else. I think that that, like you said, that's an important question. That is the American dream. While we might not see eye to eye, that doesn't mean I don't want somebody watching this to be successful. That's that's what people fought for. And so yeah. that that's a great question, by the way. It's probably the best question I've ever been asked. Awesome. I love it. Thank you again so much. All right, everyone, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of the American Snippets podcast. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time here with us today. I'd like to personally thank Pat Hilton for being on the show as well and sharing his story. If you got any value out of this episode, if Pat inspired you in any way, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. iTunes reviews are really important, helping us grow our audience, get our mission out there in front of more people and get higher up there in the podcast rankings. So we would appreciate your support if you could leave us a five-star written review on iTunes. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media, share this podcast with a friend, let people know what we're doing here and make sure you follow us on social media Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at American Snippets. Again, you can check out the show notes to this interview with uh, Pat Hilton by going to americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter. It's the featured episode of the week. While you're there, make sure you check out our Monday Rewind show. Um, this week was with Tony Watley, the side hustle millionaire. And don't forget to check out Op-Ed Friday as well. Every Friday, we do an op-ed show. We talk about current events, politics, so on and so forth. So it's just a little bit of a twist uh, from uh, the normal things and uh, episodes that we do here. Uh, and don't forget, we have our great American syndicate. This is our, our community, our coalition of patriotic, freedom-loving Americans who really care about America's core values and the direction that this country is going. We believe in the American dream. We believe in personal responsibility. We, be we believe in liberty, faith, 
uh, and freedom. Uh, so go to greatamericansyndicate.com to learn more. We love to see you a part of this community and see you inside. So check it out now, greatamericansyndicate.com. Appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. <music>